This is Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men, and you are listening to Start the World. All right, my guest today is John Fitch. He is a professional American mixed martial artist who has fought in Bellator and the UFC, as well as being the former PFL welterweight champion. I got to meet him last year at the 21 convention where I was a speaker, and he came just to check it out and see what men were talking about. So, uh, John, thanks for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me. Cool, cool. So I'm just going to open with some reader questions because uh, th this one came from a guy that I actually know, and he's a good friend of mine. And, uh, and he said, if you were to punch coronavirus in the face, would you use a Superman punch for a knockout blow or would you wear him out with some jab and cross combos? Um, you probably want to go for the quick kill. It's, yeah. It tends to be, spends, tends to uh, spread quickly. So get it, get it out of there. All right. Good answer. With a good solution for stopping the coronavirus. <laughs> cool. All right. And, uh, you know, I also thought this was kind of relevant. Uh, someone asked, uh, you know, how do you stay calm when you're preparing for a fight? How do you, how do you stay calm any, any day for any reason? Exactly. Which is why it's kind of a good, <laughs> good question. You know? Uh, um, yeah. Like, uh, you have to understand, I mean, uh, the, in the last few years, I've really come to uh, embrace the idea of um, um, just the preposterousness of, of, of existence. The fact that, you know, we, we live in the world we live in today, how we got here, you know, we're, we're, we're naked apes, you know, flying through space that, you know, we're writing, you know, writing on matter that came from an explosion and it were covered on a, like a burning ember covered in land and water. And, and like, you know, you're worried about your day to day. Oh, like now I'm going to go fight in a cage. Like it's all ridiculous. It's all insane. So like, I mean, <clears throat> just being able to uh, focus on the things you can control because like everything around you is out of control. Like you can't control you know us flying through space you can't control when that ends it's 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 hopeless so you have to just focus on the small things that you can't control and you can control what you eat every day you can't control the cardio you do you can't control the the the, the training and the people you spend your time with and the, uh, the quality of training partner you have in the fight itself so like just kind of maintaining that focus on what you can't control and just kind of laughing about the things you can't. Um, the stress that comes with to trying to control everything or, or force something or taking the preposterous too seriously, uh, it'll, it'll destroy you. Yeah. So uh, before we started, you said you, you had recently put out a book uh, <clears throat> and about your martial arts career. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, uh, Failing Upward, Death by Ego. Uh, I, I put that out like last, last Christmas. Um, and I, I kept journals, really uh, um, like day-to-day -day almost, weekly journals, all through some, some, some of my college and wrestling years. And then when I be just began fighting, moved out to California and uh, you know, I have about, I had about 17 years worth of stuff, 15, 17 years in there. 
so there's a lot of things that changed within the culture of uh, MMA, the culture itself, uh, myself and in, in growing up and aging and, and, you know, spending my 20s and stuff doing that fighting. And uh, I thought it'd be good to kind of share those experiences. And then I just kind of wrote like reflections on, on uh, what I went through. I've got I've got a bunch more uh, journals that I have to like go through and and write more books, but it's it's supposed to be a first of a series. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've I've been sidetracked this past year because I, I bought a new house and then uh, I started writing another book for on, on uh, weight cutting. Okay, and I'm, I'm hoping to have that out in the next you know four to six weeks, something like that. Working on the cover right now. Nice, nice. Nice. Well, what are the, some of the lessons that, uh, you've learned over the years? Um, man. So like the biggest one is just, uh, going on all in on something, you know, like Mm -hmm. the thing that you're passionate about, um, making it your focus and then the structure structuring your entire life towards, towards that end and that goal. Uh, it was very beneficial for me and it led to a lot of my success and will lead to more success as I go. Being able to, um, everything from, you know, what job I worked, who I, who I was around, what times of day or how many days a week I worked, um, who I spent my time with, you know, when I spent my time with them, all that stuff was dictated first by, is this going to bring me closer to my my goal of being the best fighter i can be so um you know i I turned down opportunities that were going to get in the way of of that even if it would have led to uh you know more money or or position somewhere else you know making more money than i was at a fighter at the time it wasn't it wasn't something that would have led me down to where my goal was Uh, so just keep your purpose in mind yeah, keep your purpose in mind. Like, what, where are you going? Who are you? And it was before I even knew what the term was, but your frame. Right, right. So, like, when I was younger, I was just stubborn. I was referred to as stubborn. But, like, that was, that was my frame. That was all that mattered. And then uh, I can see where I let things, outside things, matter too much to me. You know, relationships and girls and, and my place in life and what, how much money I had. Those things distracted me from from the the ultimate goal of of being the best martial artist i could be and if if i would have kept um those things out more i would have had more success right right so uh, i mean are you shifting your focus now i mean what are you what are you passionate about now um well i mean helping people i've always been a teacher you know uh, throughout my wrestling and mma career i've always you know taught seminars and taught people so I've been working a lot on uh, self-defense, basic self-defense course. Uh, I've been doing them. I had to postpone the one that was supposed to happen this weekend, but uh, I've been I've been starting to do those, and that's just a lot of people have no idea just even the most basic parts of of, uh, of defending themselves if somebody attacked them. And I focus a lot on this basic self-defense course with the space management, just controlling the distance between you and an, an attacker getting away, staying away, that type of stuff. Cause like, you're not, you're not, you're not in a fight. You're not going to win a belt. Yeah. You're not, not going to become the world champion cause you knocked somebody out who, who tried to grab your purse. No, you, you want to make the hardest fight as possible, discourage them from engagement and then and get away. 
Yeah, and that's the difference between I think self defense and and uh, you know sport fighting or sparring yeah. or whatever is that uh, you know <clears throat> someone's not going to like feel you out for five rounds or whatever. You know that that's not how that works. No. Uh, when I've taken self defense courses, yeah, that's always been like really you just want to get out. You yeah, know, you don't want to. You're not there to fight them. You're, a you predator, a predator is just looking for an easy target. You know, the lion, the lion tries to bring down the gazelle that's limping or is old or, or weak or young. Right. You know, if you make the fight harder than they, they want it to be, like, they'll just leave. Right. Right. Yeah. Don't be, don't be a soft target. Right. Yeah. Don't be soft. Yeah. Yeah. Just generally. Don't be soft. Gen generally. Yeah. Be, always <laughs> be hard to kill. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, you went to the 21 convention. I mean, what did you think of that? I thought it was really cool. There's a lot of good guys showing, sharing uh, good stories and, and um, good advice on, on just being better. And like, I came from a, uh, I came from a good childhood. You know, my dad was around, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even, even, you know, I had the same blue pill brainwashing with a lot of stuff that it, it took a little bit to shake. But, um, you know, I had a pretty good childhood and, and it took me a while to realize that a lot of people haven't. And uh, especially the guys who are a little bit younger than me, a lot of them didn't have uh, fathers around or they had really kind of soy fathers um, who, who didn't really teach them good behavioral patterns towards, towards being men. They told them more about how to, they should be better women. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what happens. So it's knowing that and talking to some people and knowing that's the experiences that some people have, um, you know, I was just kind of interested in what are some of the options that people can, can, can seek out and find uh, people who can, and, uh, you know, learn how to be, you know, good at being men. Right. Yeah. So what, what are some ways that you think you could help them do that? Well, I think, you know, um, discipline is one of the, 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 the toughest things for people. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can, if you can master discipline, anything's possible. Right. Um, and I think I, I've, I've kind of, I've mastered discipline and I've got a lot of good habits that I'm able to, to stick with, um, just, you know, taking myself out of the emotion of a lot of habits that people have, uh, can, can allow you to just be very machine-like with some of your decisions. You know, it's like, this is, this time of day is when I eat and that's what I do. Even if I have to pack my food and bring it with me somewhere, like you just have little, little, uh, structures you need to make everything easier. I think my knowledge in, in self-defense and in combat, I think we'll be able to help a lot of guys too. Cause you not only should you know how to defend yourself, not only is, is self-defense a basic human, right? You should be able to do that for yourself, but knowing how to do that on some level gives you a lot of confidence and just that confidence alone is going to help you have more confidence to do a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I mean, that, actually, that was one of the other questions I got from readers was how does, uh, you know, usefulness of, uh, you know, learning martial arts bleed over into the rest of life? I mean, uh, mm -hmm. have you have you noticed that at all? <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, anytime in order to do martial arts and practice it a lot and be good at it, you have to be putting yourself into uh, an adversarial position all the time. Like you have to put yourself in a bad spot. You can't get good at getting out of bad spots unless you put yourself in that bad spot over and over and over and over again. So I think, I think there's an ability to, uh, 
understand that struggle and understand how to push through things and you know the kind of the mental toughness it takes to get over adversities because you're you're literally putting yourself there every day and being able to deal with that is something that really is going to benefit you you know going into an office and dealing with a tough situation isn't isn't as bad as somebody you know squeezing your neck with their crotch <laughs> like that's uh that's a very disheartening position and you have to learn how to navigate that and get yourself out i think you're going to be able to handle your your problem at work if you can you can deal with that yeah yeah no absolutely i mean uh, obviously you know get comfortable with being uncomfortable kind of yeah. kind of thing that everybody says mm-hmm. um so uh i think yesterday you posted something to your uh, instagram that said uh it was a new age of a masculine renaissance. Yes, masculine renaissance. Is yeah, time. yeah. So, so what do you mean by that? No, I think it's a perfect time because we've all been um, told that we're defective women and we need to be more feminine and get to our feminine side. And there's been a part of me who it's just what you're supposed to believe, and I think that it's just we we know better. It's it's you know, we have no, I have no feminine side. <laughs> I don't. I can understand why you have certain positions. I can understand why you're emotional about certain things, but at the end of the day, I'm very rational with, with my thoughts. Um, I believe you need to be in touch with your feelings, but there's a time and place for you to deal with your feelings. And, uh, you know, you have to identify whether or not you're a leader or you're a follower, but either way, you need to do the shit out of your job. Um, and I don't know, it's just time for a masculine renaissance. There's no reason we can't, we can't lift weights and do squats, eat meat, uh, write poetry, play music, build buildings, like make art, like we can do it all. Absolutely. I mean, men, men always have, uh, that, that's, that's kind of the deal, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, Cause it, it, it flies in the face of this idea that men are incompetent, this bumbling fool, uh, father on sitcoms, like let's, let's, let's get rid of them. Let's bring, let's bring in the masculine Renaissance where dad, dad, you know, writes books, plays piano, was a professional fighter. Let's have that, that, uh, that sitcom go forward. Yeah, absolutely. A, a, a buddy of mine who's also a fighter has a, a brand called uh, Savage Gentleman, uh, Josh Tyler. And uh, that's kind of his whole thing. Like if it, you can be both. Uh, you have to have a savage side, but you have to have uh, uh, some other side too and maintaining a balance. Because mm-hmm. there, there's an idea, I think a lot of people who aren't um, comfortable being men mm-hmm. um, tend to think that guys who are comfortable with being men are necessarily bad at all of those things or necessarily, or hate doing them. You know, like it could be like, Oh, you like lifting weights. You must hate art, you know, or, or, you know, and stuff. And you know, there's a lot of things that have fed into that Mm -hmm. over a long period of time, but that's not the case. I mean, all the, all the really, not all, because I mean, there are some just guys who are just thugs, right? And then, uh, but I, a lot of the really successful martial artists and military guys and so forth that I've met, uh, they're really smart and they're really interested in philosophy and they are really interested in, mm-hmm. in art and beauty and things like that. Uh, they're not uh, one trick ponies. 
mm-hmm. in that way. They're interesting guys. Well, it's guys, especially guys who I think who are good at martial arts. Uh, they tend to ask why a lot. Okay. Okay. So you show them a technique or you show them a movement and they're like, why does this work? Right. What's the point? What's, what's encompassing that? So you end up breaking everything down into the why, like, why, why do I feel this way? Why do I think that way? Well, what's the purpose or what's the goal? What's, what's the next step? What's it lead me to? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those guys, uh, you know, they, they, they're looking at, they're looking for pure information to a certain mm-hmm. thing, you know, it's yeah. Like, See the, yeah. Seeking truth. Where is the truth? Yeah. 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 Truth, truth leads to the choke or being choked. Yeah. And, and if you, if, if it doesn't, then it's not the truth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. very testable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, go, <laughs> you go. can't, you can't, you can't self-identify something as a submission. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think you should tap to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You should tap to this because so many other people before you, yeah. uh, you know, were tapped to this. <laughs> so. uh, but uh, who were some of the men that you looked up to when you were growing up? Uh, well, I mean, I had I had a big family. I had a lot of. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my dad was like one of one of uh, seven children, um, so I had uncles and cousins. And I think when my when grandfather died when I was in my twenties and. We had 22 grandsons on the Fitch side. Mm-hmm. So my early uh, people that I looked up to were, were family members and cousins and my dad and, and that stuff, you know, cause like, you know, we live in Indiana. So like I watched them cut wood and cut down trees and like do man shit. So like, you know, they build houses. Like when, when you needed the plumbing or something done to your house, you called a relative and they, they were usually a, you know, a handyman or they, they had some way or skill of knowing how to do that type of stuff. My dad was an engineer, civil engineer. So like he designed all the projects and all the stuff <clears throat> for the house, spent a lot of weekends landscaping and doing that type of stuff. Uh, but then as I got older, it was, you know, mostly football players. Cause I thought I was going to play professional football for the majority of my life. Um, okay. Uh, I became a big fan of like middle linebackers rate, Ray Nitschke, I remember, and uh, um, and God, I can't remember his name, but from the Chicago Bears, uh, middle linebacker, way back from '86 Bears. But anyways, uh, yeah, so like I was football players for a while, and then uh, I got into fighting in, in college. You know, I had seen MMA and, and UFC stuff in high school, but I didn't take it seriously as something to do until I met like Tom Erickson at Purdue University was my uh, one of my assistant coaches and he had he had fought a few times uh, in Brazil and then he was fighting for pride in Japan and I met uh, you know uh, Mark Coleman and Gary Goodrich and Mark Coleman was one of the first guys that I was a big fan of <clears throat> I think and then uh, Tito Ortiz and Frank Shamrock I think early on were guys I, I really liked watching fight too but that was man. That back in those days, it was you. You borrowed VHS tapes from people. Like yeah, it wasn't like sharing stuff now. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's something interesting to me because I, I think there's an idea that uh, I, I've gotten kicked back to me a lot that uh, 
men shouldn't have heroes. They should just be original and they shouldn't. Be, and uh, I think that's false. You know, I yeah. think, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a progression in your life cycle. Yeah. When, when you're a little kid, like I see it in my kids, like when they watch a show and there's a superhero or there's some cool character, they say, I want to, I want to be him. I'm him. I am him. Right. They say they're that person. I'm Iron Man. I'm the Hulk. That's me. Then, then as you get um, a little bit older, you get that teenage years. That's when you're supposed to start saying, you know, I, I you know, I want to, I want to be like him. I want to be like those guys. I want to be like, I want to be like Iron Man. I want to be like the Hulk. But then when you become a man, that's when you're, you say, well, I'm me and I have the attributes of these things that I respect. Uh, you create, you're supposed to create yourself into your own hero. So, I mean, you're not supposed to have heroes. Well, I mean, it's where are you on your, on your time cycle? And where are you in your life? If you're, and if you're an adult man, you can see another man that you have, uh, uh, has attributes that you also want to encompass into yourself. But it's a, it's a, I don't know. I think words matter, I guess. So but I don't know. You, there's ways to play with that to, to make it mean yes and no either way. Yeah, it's it's inter it's something I've encountered recently, and something I've been thinking about and writing about a little bit because uh, I, I feel like in American culture, there's a little bit of a weird, there's a little bit of a negative uh, take on the word hero, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and really, I and then because I'm a word nerd, uh, then I then I looked it up and traced back the etymology of it, and actually comes from a word that means to watch over or protect, and. Uh, and then, you know, then it becomes a, a different thing over time. But, you know, I think that, uh, you know, if you look at uh, a culture that is a masculine culture, because it was kind of the masculine renaissance for a long time, <laughs> you know, uh, and then yeah, and, and you walked, you know, right? you walked through the town square hero. So wait a you walk through, you know, there's yeah. there's a whole bunch of, you know, yeah. hero, statues and, and things of great men. Uh, for men to look up to and to emulate, not necessarily to be. And that's what I was thinking about the other day is that, uh, you know, no matter what, you actually can't be that guy. Mm -hmm. It's actually impossible to be another man. Uh, you can only be yourself. So at a certain point of emulation, you're still yourself, you know? And I mean, there's obviously you get the guys, and I think this is what people react to is that the guys who are just like straight up copying some guy forever and kind of in a, in a sad way. Yeah. And you see that, you know, and, and they're, well, they never, the get, they never get past that. That's the, uh, that's that not getting past that teenage pre, you know, pre man stage where you're trying to be like your hero. You have, right. they, they haven't yet tried to encompass and become their own, their own, their own hero themselves. They haven't, they haven't internalized what they need to from that other person. They're still, it's it's a lack of having that rite of passage. I think maybe like we have a, a, a generation of men that never grew up. They still they still do the the kids stuff they did when they were teenagers. They haven't put put away their toys. Um, like I try to look back to when you know my uncles were around and my dad and like try to think like what their hobbies were and they weren't they weren't hobbies that they would have had when they were teenagers. Right. You know, they had, they had adult man hobbies, whatever they were, woodworking, uh, hunting, um, and, and um, uh, maybe cards, 
but there wasn't there wasn't you know like I, I think it's weird that we have guys who grow up and now they're fathers and they still have two hours of video game time slotted every night so they can play well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that feeds into what you were saying. Uh, you know, the thing about video games that's, I think, unfortunate, uh, aside from being a giant time suck uh, in, in a lot of people's lives, uh, is that... Wasting a lot of time on video games. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. They, like, I, I tried to... I think I got, I got a video game con console uh, several years ago because I was like, oh, I want to do this. And I, you know, I got into one of those role-playing games or whatever where you mm -hmm. have go around a map for forever and you know, I, yeah. I logged in like 17 hours on it like in a weekend oh, and i'm nothing oh, that's, i play that's I, be, I beat skyrim like three different times with characters. <laughs> i i created a uh twitter handle fish okay. skyrim tale and uh i had uh, i had like twelve thousand or 1200 to 2000 followers on that it was just stuff i tweeted about the game as i was playing it in screenshots yeah 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 i mean it's way too it, much time i wish i would have spent that time reading because I, I did i took a break from reading for like the seven years i was playing video games yeah and see that's you know you're only going to get so much out of the video games you yeah know? you don't do you after you turn it off you don't bring any of it with you right right yeah. you know i th and i think that uh, goes back to the idea that you were talking about as as far as uh, at a certain point you want to try and embody the thing instead of just seeing it you know like instead of just watching it and that's you know the i talk about in the way men actually like vicarious masculinity where you're just mm. you know sitting there like here's another man doing a thing oh yeah or a character doing a thing and whatever and and instead of trying to go out and do something like yeah. go actually do something physical or do you know become that thing i think i think becoming a father was a big thing that kind of pushed pushed me into it um right. just realizing like i was playing I remember like I moved into a new house. So I didn't have time to play video games for a little bit, but I remember getting to a point where things were settled enough where I could get out the console again, set it up and I'm watching the kid and, and I'm playing and like the kids like arching his neck real hard, trying to look over his shoulder and see the screen. And I'm just thinking, I was like, what are you doing? I was like, like the kid's sitting here he's just going to, he's going to watch the screen and his brain's going to fry or, like, even if he gets older and I'm just playing, he's watching me play a video game. I'm like, what is that showing him? I was like, this is stupid. And I, I basically just kind of put it down. And I was like, I need to do something better. No, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, because they're going to model you no matter, no matter what you do. Yeah. So uh, then that's, that's what dad did. So I, I'm just going to play video games, mm -hmm. you know. So what do you think the difference is between, like, a hero and a mentor? Uh, well, a hero you may never meet. Yeah. You may never meet, never converse with. Good point. Somebody who you saw and you can see um, through their behaviors, you see a certain set of behaviors you want to emulate. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I related something similar to uh, our prehistoric ancestors, seeing somebody figure out how to get uh, nutrients out of a stem or a root or something. Right. And then you see that and you emulate it and now you have nutrients also. Yeah. Well, that's how we learn everything is actually emulation. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. that's how you learn language. Yeah. You know, that's I mean, that's you... how we, we've uh, managed to adapt so quickly is through being able to copy somebody that we see. Monkey see, monkey do. Yep. Cultural <laughs> appropriation. <laughs>
<laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, no, it's just interesting to me because I, I think that a lot of people, you know, I, I think you're always looking for guys who are doing uh, something well. You know, mm -hmm. once you, especially, you know, okay, you've done something well and you're accomplished at it. You're still looking for somebody who's doing something well because you still need to move to the next level. You know, mm -hmm. and so I think it's, uh, you know, you know, like what is, you know, like podcasting, like who, who's doing that better than I am? I need to like watch what they're doing or, yeah. or that kind of thing. I mean, there's always someone that uh, you're like, you can pick up a few tips from, but you're not going to be mm -hmm. them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what would you say are some of the main problems that you see with, with younger men, things that they, they don't get you, you did? Oh man. So, um, well, they're, they're suffering full force of kind of the, the feminine narrative. Right. I guess. And how you're meant to look at everything that happens in the world as, you know, through this kind of feminine perspective and whether or not it benefits women. Right. It benefits the feminine uh, ideals and things. And that, it's not, I don't know, I don't think that's fair to only look through one, one lens. I think we need to make sure we're able to, uh, to look through both those sides rationally. Um, well, I mean, I guess it's counterintuitive to say look through rationally through the feminine lens, but. Um, well, we can't really do that. You know, we can't but, really do that. But yeah. I, I just think, to, 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 I, I think it's important for younger men to know that it's okay to have a, a masculine viewpoint and and to think this way and not agree with the feminine viewpoint there's nothing wrong with that i think it's i think it's needed especially uh, to the way things are today yeah yeah no absolutely i mean you have to a lot of a lot of people i'm talking to right now are interested to see if this is going to be some kind of reset i mean what do you, what do you think about that are you, with the, with everything that's going on are we going to have uh, it's, some it's things turned down, you know, it's possible because, um, if, if the markets do shift and shut down and we have a hard time, uh, you know, getting back to this type of society where everything is reliant on technology and the government supports, you know, uh, women in a higher level. Uh, I think there's going to be definite, definite issues. We have to farm our own food. We have to, <laughs> We have to fight off, you know, uh, bands of uh, looters. I guess I think it's definitely going to change how a lot of behavior is is uh, is uh, is done. Well, yeah, I mean, if I mean that's that'd be a real masculine restaurant renaissance if that yeah. happens. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if any of us really want that. But you know, it's it could go post-apocalyptic on us. But um, yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to tell what's going to happen, especially after with all this, this goes down. Yeah. It yeah, really no will depend knows. on, on the, uh, how the markets react and how the governments react. Let's see. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, it, it, interesting times. And I, and I think this, this is interesting in that way that, uh, you know, people now have real problems. You know, they have, they have to see what actually yeah. is important versus yep. their little Twitter wars or whatever mm -hmm. that, that, that motivates them. Uh, I, uh, I haven't heard a single outrage about any, anybody uh, being misogynistic or any, any trans, whatever, uh, mis, misgendering, or I haven't heard any outrages lately. 
it's all focused on on the virus so i think it's kind of it's kind of good <laughs> that's good i mean i hope that that's the case i thought maybe i was just sheltered from it because i have a kind of filter bubble because i don't pay attention yeah. to a lot of that because mm. it just makes i try mad, to but... i try on my twitter feed i try to have enough different points of view just so I, things will pop up in the timeline a little bit so i can at least see what's trending or what everybody's talking about but it seems it's all coverage of the uh the coronavirus at this point Interesting. Interesting. I, it'll be, it, it'll be neat to see what people do in a few weeks because I mean, they're still going to be, you yeah. know, th this isn't going away in a couple weeks. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what shifts and what people want to see. Cause at some point they're going to get tired of hearing about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, like how many, how many things can you read about washing your hands until yeah. you get to the next thing? Well, it's a great opportunity for creators to, uh, to, to get themselves seen by new people. Yeah, yeah. There's a ca literally a captive audience. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they, you yeah. know, it's a captive audience, and and I'll, I'll, there's a lot of time to create. I mean, I'm kind of lucky. I mean, I work from home, and and uh, yeah. anyway, so I'm not really. It's all kind of the same to me, except the kids are yeah. around a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So how is that going? What are the challenges of of uh, of that? Um. Well, I mean, they're good. I have to, uh, you know, I have to try to, you know, they have a little bit of a writing assignment every day. I had to make them do basic. Good. And then uh, the teachers have sent um, homework type stuff, resources. So I'm going to go through that this weekend and print out some stuff and see what's going on because I want to make sure they don't fall behind. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of time with them uh, teaching them other stuff. Like, I don't know, show them how to, how, how to uh, check the oil of the truck. Um, you know, maybe if I can take them certain places and, and show them different things, teach them, I don't know, maybe, maybe I can figure out uh, how to teach them how to make a fire or something in the backyard or, you know, we, we uh, germinated some seeds yesterday, so hopefully those will sprout this weekend or, or soon and we can plant those and we can work on our garden, but I don't know. I think it might be important to teach some life skills during this time. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, it's a perfect, it's a very, it's a teachable moment in terms of like, here's why this might be important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah. That, what sucks is like, you know, I have, I have uh, split custody. So like, right. Like I'm not always in charge of them and uh, yeah, their mother lives in an apartment building and I'm, you know, that's a little uncomfortable too. So Yeah. <laughs> It's not fun. I'll, I'll call and I'll check to make sure that uh, everything's okay. But um, you know, it's not. It's not. It's not a good feeling having your kids. You know, twenty minutes, a twenty minute drive away. Right. Right. And so, are they allowing you to go back and forth in the? Uh... Uh, yeah. Like it's essential. Essential movement is okay. So um, you know, dropping the kids off or okay. going to the store, picking up water. I got to fill up one of my water jugs. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. So what are you doing to stay busy uh, yourself? I saw you're posting a lot of workouts and so forth. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to post a lot of stuff. I'm trying to book and do a lot of uh, um, podcasts, uh, doing my own and doing other people's. Uh, and then uh, working on some products. Now that it stopped raining and it's up, uh, got a little bit sunnier, I have some, some uh, I do like little stone sculptures and I make smoke pieces. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah out of them, my st the stones company. 
so I do a little bit with that and it's getting nicer out. So I'll, I'll, yeah, play with that a little bit. Play my ukulele. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Just taking it easy. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like learning, learning instruments and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well level up and just don't sit around all day. Yeah. 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 So you have, a, you have a podcast too. Do uh, you want to tell people about that? Yeah, my podcast is John Fitch Knows Nothing. Um, I did about a year of live streams of a show I called The Shake Break, which uh, okay. every day I had a protein shake I would have like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So I'd do a live stream as I had my shake and I'd talk about whatever was topical that day and people would ask questions. So I ended up uh, turning that into a podcast. It's not every day, but uh, I usually have a guest on. Every once in a while, I'll do I'll do one by myself if I just have something I want to talk about. But um, yeah, I'll talk about a wide variety of topics on that. And I also have a mixed uh, mixed martial mindset is a MMA show I, I do with uh, Jason Burmis uh, on Mondays, and I do uh, the Red Pill Smash Brothers is a is a show I do on it's a live stream I do on. Uh, Sunday, I do with Corey Capella. We talk, you know, all red pill uh, stuff and, and manly man stuff on that. Uh, and then Fitch and Tickle Smash. Yeah, Fitch and Tickle Smash Everything is my other podcast I do with the comedian Chris Tinkle. We do, we've done one live show. We're planning on trying to make that a thing where we do more live shows, live recordings. Right, right. So like with, the, with an audience, like, did I see yeah. that? Was it a bar or something? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It was, uh, we were up in Sacramento at the, like the laugh factory. They have a bar in front in the front area and they have the, the stand up stuff in the back. So before they went and did their show, we, we set it up. It's kind of like a test run and, uh, right. You can't listen to it cause it was a test run and we screwed up the audio, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. It was a lot of, it was, it was cool, but yeah, <laughs> we got to do another one. You can't listen to it. Oh, <laughs> uh. So do you do you find that people are tuning in uh, every day for for well not every day but you said you you're doing a lot there a lot of podcasting. Uh, I mean yeah I mean this in this time period might as well whoever I can reach out to because I know people are at home so they're yeah probably, they're probably bored too might as well just call them up and talk. Yeah yeah I mean that's that is actually uh, one of the things I liked about because I said I live in a small town and uh, one of the things I've actually liked about the podcast podcasting thing is I get to talk to a lot of uh, people that I would like to talk to. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, that's kind of been a, a plus that I didn't really see going into it. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually get to, you know, have, have some human interaction, even if it's over zoom. You yeah. Know? So that's, that's good. And I think a lot of people obviously you're going to need that kind of thing uh, mm -hmm. soon. So um, cool. All right. Well, is there anything that uh, you want people to keep an eye on? Obviously we just hit all that stuff. Well, I mean, I have the, uh, I have the weight cutting book coming out. We're working on the cover now. Cool. But I mean, it's basically I break down. It's going to be a. Uh, it's mostly designed to be like an ebook, but I'll I'll make it a paperback available too. But it's going to be cheap. Right. It's only like twenty pages, but it's basically my. Um, I just walk you through what I do to lose thirty pounds in eight weeks, to, okay. in order to you know make weight for a fight. Right. So I'll take you from uh, that whole the whole diet that I do. Um, down to like what I do week of the fight and yeah. I put the weight back on right afterwards. Yeah. Cause that's, that's uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of power lifters do that. 
you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've been a bit around powerlifters <clears throat> when they're doing that and they'll cut like, like 20 pounds of water in a, in a, in a couple days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's pretty intense. It, it kind of messes with you a little bit if you don't do it right. If you're not doing it right. And that's the thing. It shouldn't be all, it should be all water weight. Right. Right. Well, that's <laughs> right. so yeah, like that's six days, right. six, it's like, you know, six, six weeks of it is, is at least, you know, strict meal plan, meal, get your meals down, reducing uh, calories to the right amount. And yeah, I think that's actually the eating thing is actually a really good way to teach people discipline. Uh, yep. Just, I mean, it doesn't carry out over, over to everything. There's still plenty of things I'm not disciplined about, but yeah. Uh, you know, if, if I'm trying to lose weight, everything goes into my fitness pal and I have it all calculated and I play a yeah. little game. It's like a little game every day. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I have X amount more calories. What can I eat that fits all my macros and do the whole thing. Once you get used to doing that, yep. you know, it's a, it's a very disciplining thing. And you're like, my food doesn't have to taste good. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's okay. It really doesn't. And it's not that it tastes bad, but like you don't have to eat like a king every single meal. Yeah. Yeah. And people yeah. never did. People didn't back in the day, you know, they'd have no, they rule, ate the same. And they they ate had, the same. That's why you had holidays, right? You have a holiday yeah. cause you're having a feast. Yeah, exactly. You didn't get to have a feast every day. You, you know? the same boring shit like every day for, yeah. for years. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like our, yeah. Our, our, our ancestors, even before like we're that tribal, like those tribes, I mean, they were eating the same shit. It was the same thing that they killed. It was the same, same drinks, same berries, same roots. Like there wasn't a large, there wasn't a large variety, maybe, maybe what, 10 things. That's probably a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, that's what you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't, you can't go to the, uh, the newest restaurant and every night, you know, that kind of thing. Get tapas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like tapas. I, I, I like tapas too. It's been a while. But no, like, so yeah, that's the other thing with the, uh, the, 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 the diet and the meal plan. Yeah. The, you're staying on that you're you're eating right you know 90 percent of the time well then you get cheap meals on the weekend yeah and like it doesn't set you back and you still get a like the cheap meals taste better you end up making better plans around you know oh i'm gonna eat whatever the fuck i want to on saturday night like right you're not gonna eat you know some shitty microwave food you're probably gonna set up a date or go out to a nice restaurant yeah, yeah, you're not gonna you know eat hot pockets like oh it's my cheat day I'm gonna eat oh, all the hot pockets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So you end up. I mean, you might think that's a good idea, but you'll feel like complete dog shit, and you'll you'll realize how how nasty that stuff is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, not the best. But uh, anyway, I I think this is this is probably good. Uh, we'll probably uh call it call it a, a podcast. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I was, I was no, looking forward to it. Thanks for the it. invite. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I got to get, I'm about halfway through the book, I think. I, uh, I'm enjoying it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah putting it, uh, yeah, being, knowing how to be good at being a man. That's a great way of. Yeah, people like that. Putting it, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 technically, I, I didn't know that I did, but I stole that from an anthropologist. Uh, it was like so far between where I wrote the book and when I read he 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 phrased it that way, and it was just a little piece. And I obviously did a whole essay on it and made sense of it. But mm-hmm. uh, actually, Ryan Mickler actually had the guy on his podcast, and he put it up there. And I'm like, "What the hell is that?" 
why, why did you steal my stuff? And then I went back and looked at his book that I had in my notes and I had highlighted that thing. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's cool. Looks. Ryan's cool because he, li- he likes it too. And everybody, everybody liked it. And I really kind of filled it out. He was talking about a specific tribe or mm-hmm. something. You know, it was very, it was uh, very compact. And, and uh, I just, I guess I latched onto the phrasing and it, it, it's worked yeah. really well. Explain. He was talking about one small tribe. You're talking about the human tribe. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I expanded it to everything. So I, I'm still taking credit for it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you nice. have to cite your people, you know. <laughs> but, so awesome. cool, man. All right, well, yeah, thanks man. For coming Good on. talk. Thanks All right. For having me. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to everybody who's watching, stay safe and stay sober.